For the last several months or so, I've been really challenged by a verse in the book of Philippians. It is an extremely countercultural command. I've thought about it, I've prayed about it, I've studied it, trying to figure out how this command of Scripture can be best lived out in our lives. When you saw the title of today's message, Gentleness, you probably didn't expect it to be very challenging or confrontational. You might have even thought, I'm going to skip that fruit. Gentleness is for other people, not for me. I stand up for myself and I win. That's what it takes in my situation. I'm strong. I'm tough. I'm a survivor. If I'm gentle, then people will take advantage of me. While that sounds good, it flies in the face of of this command in Philippians 4, 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. I've read that verse in this chapter countless times before, but this time something made me stop and, and ask some questions. Here are some of the questions that it's caused me to ask. What is gentleness? What is evident gen- gentleness? What does all mean? And then fourth, I ask, how does, how does the fact that the Lord is near affect my ability to be gentle? We've been studying the fruit of the Spirit, evidences that, that someone is a follower of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is active in their lives. The list is found in another one of Paul's letters, Galatians chapter 5, says the, the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. As a follower of Jesus, all of those fruit are supposed to be present in our lives. They are supposed to be visible, evident to others in our lives. The way that you treat others and respond to difficulty should point people to Jesus. This list, however, isn't a list of optional qualities for a believer. It's not a pick and choose. Well, let's see, which fruit do I want? Well, I'm not interested in patience because that's impossible, right? So I'm just going to text the pastor and tell him not to pray for that. Um, I'm always late and people can't rely on me, so that rules out faithfulness. I've got a hot temper, so self-control is out for me. Okay, no problem. My fruit will be joy, peace, kindness, goodness, and maybe we'll, we'll throw in an occasional dash of love but I'm only going to do that for the people that I really like. See, the problem is that's the typical approach. You see the list and you think, there's no way that I can have all of these, so I'll pick the easy ones or the ones that fit my personality or my circumstances. The problem is people are watching and they make decisions about your faith according to your words and actions. You are, pr- you are proud of the four fruit that you possess and that you've got in your life. Yet they see the five fruit in your lives that is missing. Those missing fruit discredit your testimony and call into question your faith. It's not oversimplification to say that the reason many people stay away from the church and Jesus is because of fruitless Christians, if there's such a thing. Today we come to one of the more challenging fruit, gentleness. Well, what is gentleness? The dictionary definition is kindly, not severe, rough, or violent, amiably, moderate, and mild. 
But the word that Paul uses goes a little bit deeper than any one English word can convey. Maybe the closest English word that, 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 to that would be graciousness. A humble graciousness that produces patience to endure injustice, disgrace, and mistreatment without retaliation, bitterness, or vengeance. Gentleness is not just how you view injustice, persecution, and hardship. Gentleness is also on display in the way that you treat others. Combine graciousness with considerate, and I think you're getting even closer to Paul's meaning. Gracious and considerate is the opposite of arrogant, abrasive, and self-assertive. Gentleness also includes an other's focus instead of self-centeredness. Someone who is selfish can't handle unfair treatment, lies, or humiliation. Their reaction is intense, angry, and sometimes even violent. The person with the fruit of the spirit of gentleness, however, reacts differently with the calm and humble spirit. That's the quality in you that's noticed by others. So my working definition of gentleness is gracious, considerate, humble, calm, and others focused. I think the opposite of gentle is harsh and judgmental. We all know people in our lives that are harsh and judgmental, right? With their words, with their actions, and the way that they treat others. They are, they are critical. They are quick to become angry and very opinionated about those kind of people. They tend to put people in broad categories instead of viewing them as individuals. Gentleness is not judgmental. We are too quick to judge others while at the same time wanting mercy for ourselves. Jesus said in Luke 6.37, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. I love the way the message says it. It said, don't pick on people. Jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. Don't condemn those who are down. That hardness can boomerang. Be easy on people you'll find life a lot easier. The law of the harvest says that you reap what you sow. And that doesn't just apply to money. If you are gentle, then you will receive gentleness. But if you are harsh and a jerk, you're probably going to receive harsh and jerkiness back. Make it your goal to treat others the way that you want God to treat you. Now, it's not just your words that should be gentle. It's also your tone, right? How you say something is often as important as what you say. And I think this State Farm commercial is a great example of how tone can change a meaning. Be back. Is this my car? State Farm knows that for every one of what? those moments, this is ridiculous. There's one of these. Is this my car? What? This is ridiculous. This can't be happening. This can't be happening. Oh, it's happening, sweetheart. Oh, it's happening, sweetheart. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> That's why State Farm is there. What a day. With car insurance for when things go wrong. What a day. But also here with car loans <laughs> to help life go right. State Farm. Your parents probably told you that. It's not what you said, it's what? 
It's how you said it. I got more trouble as a kid because of my tone of voice than I did for the things that I actually did wrong. And, and, and as believers, our tone has to match Christ. Gentleness give up, gives others the benefit of the doubt. When someone messes up or says something that you take offense to, you quickly assume that they intended to hurt you. You're angry and you're indignant. You cut off the relationship because you assume that their motive was to cause damage and harm. But when you say things that are hurtful, you say things like, I didn't mean it. It was a mistake. Please give me a break. Know my heart. I was just joking. Gentleness gives others the same benefit of doubt that you want for yourself. Because gentleness assumes the best. Gentleness assumes that their motive was right. Gentleness says that they weren't trying to hurt my feelings. They made an honest mistake. I'm going to forgive that before they even ask. Instead of getting mad, offended, and cutting off the relationship, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I actually read a comment online this week where someone was leaving a church because someone else in the church offended them. Really? Have we become such a people that we can't be offended without leaving God's house? Have we become such a people that people can offend us so much to leave where God has called us? In the church setting, this is a key to healthy relationships. Someone says, Pastor Tina didn't even listen to me. She, she just said no, or, or, or Chet never told me anything. If you are not gentle, you respond, well, that makes me angry too. How could Pastor Tina do that? Or why didn't Chet handle that the right way? But a, a giving someone the benefit of the doubt in a gentle way what happens is it keeps manipulative people from driving a wedge between us. Your first reaction should be, well, that doesn't sound like Tina. Or, man, that's not usual for Chet. There must be something else going on. Listen, you've got to quit assuming the worst about people. Be gentle. Give others the same benefit of the doubt that you want them to give you. Assume the best, right? Assume that people are trying to do right. Assume that people have the right motives. And you say, well, Pastor Jason, you're crazy. If I assume that they're trying to do, to do right, then they'll manipulate me. Listen, I would rather be gentle and manipulated than cynical, suspicious, and judgmental. Remember, you aren't responsible to God for, for whether someone else told the truth you're responsible for your attitude and your actions. God will honor your gentle, giving spirit, even if someone misuses your gift. You be gentle and let God handle wrong-hearted people. Gentleness is God-controlled instead of other-controlled. How many times have you said something like, you make me so mad. You upset me. She offended me. It's simply not true. No one can make you mad. You choose to be mad. 
No one can upset you or offend you. You choose to be upset and offended. Gentleness is being submitted to God instead of being controlled by others. A gentle person chooses their attitudes and reactions based on pleasing God instead of reacting to people. Gentleness chooses not to be mad, upset, or offended. A gentle person is not controlled by others. Instead, they are controlled by God and His commands. I'm going to be honest with you. This next part is really hard for me. When people are critical and cruel, my natural reaction is to prove them wrong, to make them look stupid, or even to get even. I don't want to be gentle with them when people are doing those things. I want to win, and I want to prove that I was right. But the Bible says, let your gentleness be evident to all. You see, we mistakenly think that gentle means weak. It's not true at all. Right? Gentleness is not about how weak or strong you are. Instead, gentleness is how you deal with the mistakes, failures, and weaknesses of others. Gentleness isn't weakness. It's far from it. Most of the time, when, when Paul talks about gentleness in his letters, it's in the context of how you treat someone who is less than you. Someone who is weaker or who has failed. Someone who is lower than you in position or authority. Gentleness is most evident in how you treat people who are weaker than you. A wonderful picture of gentleness is holding a baby. How do you hold a baby? Last week I got to hold baby McKenna in my arms at like two weeks old. And when you hold a baby, you treat her as fragile and breakable, right? You hold her with, with, with caution and, and careful, loving attention. What you currently want doesn't matter at all when you're holding that child. Your attention is on taking care of the baby. You want to protect her from harm and keep her safe in your arms. You would do anything. You would give up anything and you would sacrifice anything to keep that baby safe. Gentleness is strength under control. When you are gentle with someone, you don't hurt them even though you could. You don't judge them even though you may have grounds for accusation. You choose not to exercise your strength. Hold on to relationships like you would a baby. Treat each other with that same gentle, safe care. Do whatever it takes to keep someone else from being harmed. Paul used that picture in 1 Thessalonians, said, We were gentle among you like a mother caring for little children. And now look at that verse again that we're looking at. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Evident gentleness means that others, that other people notice it. Let the way that you deal with their problems be as gentle as the way that you deal with your problems. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle anger 
turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Gentleness brings peace instead of more trouble. Let me remind you of something that I shared last week. In church and business and in families, there are often little fires burning, right? Fires of hurt feelings and anger and bitterness and selfishness. A troublemaker pours gasoline on the fire, yet a gentle person pours water on the fire. Gentleness puts out fires. Something in the nature of a calm and gentle person helps others put conflict in a better perspective. 1 Peter chapter 3 says, Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Now listen, Jesus is the reason for the hope that we have. We have hope in heaven. Now look what he says. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope you have. But do this, there's that word again, with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who, malici- who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. See, I'm afraid today that the church is quick with answers, but not always so quick for those answers to be given with gentleness and respect. All too often in our defense of Jesus, we have become offensive. We stand up for Jesus, but even as we stand up for him, we leave behind his humble, gentle spirit. Even as we speak for him, we don't speak as him. We feel the need to defend Jesus, who, by the way, didn't even defend himself. Listen, there's something in your heart that should ignite when scriptural principles are violated. There are things that happen in this world that should make us mad. When you jump to Jesus' defense without being guided by gentleness, you sound a lot more like kids in the playground. Right, who are arguing about whose dad can beat up the other person's dad, and a whole lot less like mature followers of Jesus speaking the truth in love. When people talk about us, they should say, wow, those people are gentle. There's something about them, even in disagreement, that is attractive. Listen, it would be a high honor if people in Central Texas said, I don't know everything about Mahia First Assembly, but I can tell you those people are gentle. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all. You say, but what about those in sin? Aren't we supposed to be strict with sin? What about church? What about people in the church who do wrong? What about when they are unfaithful to a spouse or they relapse into their addiction? How are you supposed to, do, how are you supposed to deal with that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Galatians 6.1 says, Brother, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him, what? Gently. If we are spiritual, then our obligation is to restore, to help someone be made right and whole. And we're supposed to do that how? Gently. 
Listen, I know you want to shake him. You want to hit him in the mouth and say, how could you be so stupid? Right? You can't believe that she slipped back into that addiction again. You want to give up and walk away. You want to get mad or give someone the silent treatment. But listen, that is not gentle. Gentleness focuses on restoration, not punishment. Your job isn't to punish people for doing wrong. Gentle restoration says, I believe God still has a plan for you. I want to be a part of that process to see that happen. I believe the best in you and for you. It says, I could make life difficult for you. I could pile onto your problems, but I choose not to. I choose to be gracious, considerate, calm, and focused on what you need from me and what you need from the Lord. Now, here's where it gets a little bit difficult. Back to Philippians 4, 5. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Now, we're supposed to be known for our gentleness, but, but not just towards women, children, and the elderly. Your gentleness is supposed to be evident not just to some, but to all. This command, the, the command is to be gentle towards all people. That's people that you like and the people that rub you the wrong way. It's the givers and the takers. All includes the people who do right, and it also includes the people who do wrong. All includes the waitress who got your order wrong. All includes the mechanic who doesn't fix the problems with your car. All includes that person that cuts you off in traffic on the way to church this morning. All includes people who aren't just like you. All includes people who hurt you. All includes people who talk about you to someone else instead of speaking directly to you. All includes people who you disagree with politically. All includes people that you despise. All includes the people that frustrate the mess out of you. And it also includes the people that repeatedly fail time and time again. All includes everyone. They're all supposed to see and experience your evident gentleness. Well, that really raises the bar a little bit, doesn't it? All of a sudden, this easy fruit becomes very, very difficult. To be gentle to all requires a deep heart change. It's truly a a fruit, the result of a relationship with Jesus. Listen, you may be able to fake gentleness once in a while, but unless the Holy Spirit is present in your life, there's no way you can be consistently gentle to all. Let's look at this verse one more time. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. And I find great comfort in that. Jesus is present, active, and helping me be gentle towards others. As my relationship grows with him, gentleness is a natural result. Just as a mature apple tree produces and bears apples, a mature follower of Jesus bears gentleness. Jesus is near. The Lord is near. God is watching. He's watching how you treat others. Listen, How you treat others doesn't happen within a vacuum. They see it, and God sees it. 
one day you're going to have to answer to how you treated his creation. The Lord is near. When you are gentle to others, it brings a nearness of the Lord. People see that fruit and they look for what makes a difference. The tree. And that's the Lord in you is seen through you. The Lord who is near is the almighty, true, ever-present, living God. And because of His presence, you don't have to be anxious or afraid. You can be gentle because the Lord is near. One day soon, everything that is wrong will be made right. Can I take some pressure off of you? Your job isn't to fix people. The great thing is I personally don't have to fight every single injustice. Why? Because the Lord is near. He will handle it all. The Lord is near. You can stand strong through trials and difficulty. You can persevere because Jesus is coming soon. The Lord is near. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Today, maybe as we've been talking about this, you've realized that you're not as gentle as you should be. Maybe you even realized that you have a tendency to be harsh and kind of a jerk. Here's the great thing. You don't have to continue being that. Today, you can choose to start walking in God's gentleness. It doesn't mean that you're weak. It means that you're fully submitted to God. And today you'd say, Pastor, there are areas in my life, there are situations in my life, there are people in my life that I have not exhibited gentleness with. Today, Pastor, would you just pray with me and for me that I would exhibit gentleness better in my life? If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you are? That you'd like... To be a little bit more gentle with the people in your life. I see your hand back there. Anyone else? Yeah, I see it. Anyone else? God, I come to you and I thank you. God, for men and women, God, that have said that that they lack gentleness. Lord, I pray that as they get closer to you, God, that this gentleness fruit, God, would bear into their lives. Lord, that people would see them being gentle in situations that they wouldn't be gentle in. God, and it's because of the relationship they have with Jesus. God, I pray that you would help each and every one of us, God, to be more gentle with the people in our lives, with our spouses if we're married, with our kids if we have them. God, with our co-workers, with our neighbors. God, may we learn be gentle in our responses and may we be gentle with our tone and our words God help us to look more and more like you 
God, that if we proclaim to be a lifelong follower of Jesus, God, that we would submit this area of our lives to you so that we could be more like you. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name.